Hey gang, Turner here with your off-week content for the Gimme Dilute podcast, bringing you a holiday-themed hunter's party. It's episode 11, Scarecrow, so really more of a Halloween-themed, but it's fall-adjacent. Oh, you know. So we discussed a little while ago that we record a play session and then those episodes break up into two episodes, typically. Normally that paces out pretty well, although occasionally it gets a little bit hanky. And every once in a while, once in a blue moon, you get an episode where it just makes no damn sense to split it up. And unfortunately, you don't figure that out sometimes until you're about halfway through the edit. So as I was working through the next episode, realized splitting it in two would make absolutely no sense. So called the Audible, dropping a hunter's party for this week, and then back next week with another supersized episode to keep us on pace. The last one wasn't really big enough to split up into two releases. If this one trends to a full two hours as opposed to 90 minutes-ish, then we'll look at doing that just for listenability's sake. But otherwise, getting a big one next week, and that will keep us on pace to wrap up Jazz's arc, if not by the end of the year, by the end of January for sure. And hey, Speaking of January, reminder, we are launching our actual actual play on our stream, Mondays, 8 p.m. Central Standard Time. Traditionally, our stream has just been variety content that was D&D or TTRPG adjacent, but after taking a look at the overall landscape of Twitch actual play streaming, realized there's a little bit of a gap there that we could at least contribute in filling, so decided to take the opportunity to do so. Remember, I won't be DMing. January, Wendell's going to come in and do a guest DM. February, we're lining up some exciting stuff for March as well. So if you're not following us on Twitch already, get on over there and do it. If you're not already following us on Blue Sky or Threads, get on down in there because we're done with Twitter, folks. Best place that you can interact with us is on our social media or, you know what, head over and check out our Patreon. It's January one. We're flipping the switch. And if you donate at any level, you'll have access to 100% of the creative content for the show. And then at higher levels, you'll gain access to some merch as well. Links in the show notes. See you next week with a big beefy episode with the return of Ellis, the undead dragonborn that fate brought upon himself, an appearance from the League of Avant-Garde Wizardry, and so much more. Well, really, actually, technically not that much more, which which made the episode kind of hard to copy. You know, you'll see. Anyway, thanks for joining us. Hope you enjoy this rebroadcast of a show. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of The Hunter's Party, the supernatural rewatch podcast and homebrew experiment brought to you by the Gimme Dilute podcast, the Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition actual play podcast that can't even win the tournament that they host. My name's Turner and joining me for episode 11, Scarecrow are... I am Harlan. I play Todd Tiefling on the Gimme Dilute podcast. I am the leader of... Todd and the toddlers. Ugh. I, I just disgusted. <laughs> uh, 
I am Jamie. I play Eldrin on the Gimme the Loop podcast, and I am the bass player for the of the toddlers. The bass player of the toddlers. <laughs> the bass. Oof. You don't even. You Oof. just get to keep the rhythm. Boom, boom, boom. Wow. No, no. I would be not in the toddlers at all. No, <laughs> absolutely not. I. I shoot toddlers. <laughs> if if we were doing toddler lineup, I think you got. I think you've got Baba as the as the drummer. Barbarian seemed like a good drummer. I think you've got Eldrin as lead guitar, uh, Fate as bass, and Moyle playing the tra- tambourine. I'm going. <laughs> I'm going. Um, or just dancing around with some scarves. I was gonna say triangle. Moyle would be like the Jabberjaw, right? Like he'd be the the. I, I got him playing. Uh, the cowbell. Yes. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Lots of energy, though. <laughs> and this is Jazz. I play Fate on the Gimme the Loop podcast. And I'm Anthony, who plays Baba Tunde on the Gimme the Loop podcast. All right, guys. We are here to uh, get into episode 11, uh, Scarecrow. Not a bad episode by any stretch of the imagination, although it has its moments. Um, it is one where we do see a soundtrack return where previously it had just been orchestral tracks. We are kind of getting back into where some of those sample tracks are getting. Uh, this one was directed by Kim Manners, who directed over 17 episodes of Supernaturals, produced, I think, over 87 before passing away, and is on record as being one of the bro's favorite directors. So this is a a mostly kind of a Monster of the Weeky style episode, but it does have a couple of lore elements that pop up to it. So let's get into it. So we open in Burkittsville, Indiana, with a couple leaving a diner, being gifted an apple pie. Uh, diner dad finishes gas- gassing them up. The daughter comments on the dude's tat, who gives her just a real creeper look, and the couple head out. Uh, dinner fam gives them directions back to the interstate. The car dies. Their cell phone is dead. The couple gets out to walk. Uh, the dude sp- tat dude spots a house through the woods through some spooky trees. Uh, Holly doesn't want to go, but they head in. Um, the couple comes across a spooky scarecrow. Uh, they get in close to check it out, make a quick all of this reference. Holly sees the scarecrow move. The couples hear some rustling and moaning and make a break for it. Vince vanishes, our, our tat bro. Holly trips, sees Vince with his face ripped off, and we close with the shot of the scarecrow bar without the scarecrow on it. The first thing I saw when they gave them that apple pie was I knew it was going to get wasted. It was an immediate wasted apple pie because the first time you see people at the beginning of Supernatural, you, you won't see them again. Yeah. So I immediately was upset about the, the loss of apple pie. <laughs> Personally, I, I thought the apple pie was a, a, just a dead giveaway that these people were not cool, man. You don't just give away apple pies like that <laughs> unless you have some sort of ulterior motive. So. <laughs> is that, is that it? <laughs> Holly's response to receiving it was, and an apple pie? Y'all are so nice. What's the catch? (laughs) Jesus, lady. Exactly. Why don't you fucking scream, shoot me now, and fucking get it over with? Like, that is is even, oh, that is, woof, that is rough. Mm -hmm. So, uh, also, the the trivia on this is the episode is supposed to have taken place in Burkittsville, Indiana. The uh, horror movie, The Blair Witch, is also supposed to have taken place in Burkittsville, Maryland. Burkittsville does not exist in either one of those states. Uh, (laughs) One of the creators of that movie, uh, uh, specifically Blair Witch, uh, would later direct five Supernatural episodes. While Burkittsville is a fictional location, uh, the two towns Dean mentions before Burkittsville, uh, Scottsburg and Salem, are real towns in the southern part of the state. Uh, and nearby is Seymour, the birthplace of John Cougar Mellencamp, oh, who released the album Scarecrow <laughs> in 1985. Mm. 
Uh, but so thank you trivia, which I read before I start doing the uh, the deep dive. And we, it's not like I'm doing that big of a, a internet wormhole on some of this stuff. There are two really good supernatural wikis out there that that provide me with some of this information. But thank you for letting me know that Burkittsville is fact fictional. So I don't have to start the episode with a goddamn internet wormhole, which immediately made me go, wait a minute, are apples even a crop in Indiana? <laughs> Fucking goddamn it. And so uh, if you were wondering, Indiana has approximately 4,000 acres of apple uh, orchards with an annual production of about 1.2 million bushels. National apple production is 250 million bushels, about half of that being produced in Washington state. Indiana ranks 15th in production. <laughs> Apples are produced throughout the state with no real concentration of production, although farms tend to be located near population centers. The most popular varieties are Red Delicious, Golden Delicious, Jonathan, Gala, Rome, and Fuji, which comprise 70% of the trees in the state. The other 30% of the trees are made up of some 95 other varieties. So yeah, it lasted exactly until they got to that fucking apple grove. And I went, wait a minute, Indiana? <laughs> Is Indiana famous for apples? And apparently, yeah, they, they do grow apples in Indiana. Who the fuck decided to name a kind of apple? Most Jonathan. Jonathan did. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for picking up on one of these kids is doing its own fucking thing in the apple names because I was sure as fuck going to go there if you didn't. Uh, yeah. Uh, this is uh, this is the super delicious red green and this is Steve. Like that's the, like, it seems to be the apple naming conventions that we're on. So most of those apples you named were terrible. So never go to Indiana for apples. Red delicious, disgusting. <laughs> yeah, if you're not eating cosmic crisp apples at this point, I I don't know what to I don't know what to tell you. I need um, I need to know where to find one, Jazz. I, I don't know where to find a cosmic crisp. Wait, are those are those apples? I swear to God, I thought that was somebody who was trying to sell me weed when they were offering <laughs> cosmic crisp. Yes, yes, they are, and the they are absolutely crisp. the greatest <laughs> apples on the planet right now. Um, <laughs> but nevertheless, I do have notes at the early part of this. First off, that scarecrow is creepy as fuck. Mm -hmm. Just in general, just like they did a good job. That's what I think you see the scarecrow move. Whoever was playing the scarecrow was yeah. not very good at being he was a not. scarecrow. He was not. Yeah, we'll get into that a little bit when <laughs> yeah. Dean. That's my notes when Dean goes to visit him. Yeah. Yeah. There's, a lot, there's a lot of scarecrow twitch in there. Also, um, when the there's the Wizard of Oz reference that you made a second ago, and then she like immediately turns around and burns him for it. And I can't remember what the hell she said, though. So the point of you bringing it up then in this context is why. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, sorry. I, I wrote down nice burn, but now I can't recall it. Mm. Uh, yeah. So I have a thing when they are running away from the scarecrow. So uh, they are step to step on each other's hips. And all of a sudden, Vince just disappears. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not like she, it's not like he was trailing behind her with it. They were step for step and she just disappears and she just stops. Whatever got Vince. You are not fighting. You need to keep, keep going. <laughs> she stopped. She looked and she walked backwards looking for Vince. She does two horror tropey things. She gets the, she does the panic. Now I'm going to turn around and run in the wrong direction. <laughs> and then she trips. And that's what my note was. It's like, God, lady, can you just check all the fucking boxes at this point? <laughs> there was a third horror trope that she checked prior to that because she clearly saw that thing move. Yeah, she saw it. <laughs> Absolutely. Like it wasn't kind of moving. It was like, hey, how you doing? And she just stood there looking at it like, oh. And the burn was, he said, if only I had a brain, she then responded, we, we wouldn't, wouldn't be lost. lost. That's it. That was, <laughs> yeah, that was a good burn. That was a good burn. Good job, Holly. We barely knew you. Do we find out why their cell phones didn't work? Is it just bad area? Bad juju. That's what I've got a pin in is like, okay, stick a pin in the car dying, that smoke and the dead cell phone. We, you know, spoiler alert for the episode, we, we learn out the townsfolk are in on it. And, you know, you see diner dad gassing them up. So it's like, okay, did they give them bad 
gas and that's what made it smoke that much yeah anything yep and like it just seemed like big cloud of smoke and then nothing else is wrong with the car but if that is the case then how did that bad gas fuck up their cell phones exactly that's what i was right. <laughs> <That's what I'm laughs> like what there's a point later in the episode where Dean gets some activity on like one of their meters or something like that. So I thought, explain that. So it doesn't affect cell phone. Well, and we've got to remember too that this is 15 years ago where cell phone towers weren't Spotty. super ubiquitous in every not even 3G rural area. <laughs> so they they could legitimately just be in the oh by the way we built our pagan farm in a in, in some place where there's not any cell phone towers, which seems <laughs> kind of believable. Yeah, just a little bit. So and can I can I comment on the the trope of Oh, that scary house in the woods must be safe. (laughs) (laughs) Holly's like, I'm not fucking going in there. He's like, what do you want to do? You want to walk? Yes. Yes. Yes, I want to walk in the opposite direction from this motherfucker. This does not seem like a good idea. And it was not. I'm not going to anyone's house in the middle of the night. (laughs) In the middle of the woods. It's not happening. I'm not answering my door in the middle of the night. So if you knock on my door, I'm not far back from the road. Like that, like they built it off the road. Like there's a reason it's not on the road, dude. They don't want visitors. You know what I mean? (laughs) They do not want visitors. (laughs) I know that the only reason that that she calls out that dude's tattoo is so they could use it as a plot device later. But man, like who would ever comment on that too? tattoo and be like that's a really cool thing it's so generic yeah. it yeah. looks like he picked it off the wall from like a flash thing and just got the tribal generic flash tattoo yeah i've got uh, i've got Chekhov's tribal tat is yeah. not as cool <laughs> as she thinks but it's because she was literally in the middle of nowhere she's probably that was probably the first tattoo she's ever seen yeah that's that's fair that i would believe that Tribal tats probably played pretty well as bad boy tats in rural Indiana. I think that's probably that's probably true. And that look that he gave it was very weird. Yeah, like oh, uh. yeah, it's not. <laughs> like I paused it there to make notes, and I was like, oh god, whoa, dude! I had to stop and roll it back, and I was like, wait a minute, is he the killer? And I had to stop <laughs> back and realize that no, she was commenting on his tattoo, and it wasn't like. I was like, oh, wait a minute. Is that like a like a tattoo that's going to play into the symbology of the scarecrow later on? I was like, oh, no, no. He's a victim. He's just a fucking shitty, like shitty bro victim. <laughs> and no real reason to make him a shitty bro either. Nope. You know what I mean? Like, like <laughs> But they certainly did. I was like, oh, yeah. Holy shit, Supernatural. Nice face rip. Yeah, hey, it was pretty good looking. No, yeah, it was a good. Yeah. When she finds Vince's body, he ain't dead. He's fucking Mortal Kombat-ed fucking finished. <laughs> <laughs> that was good, good, good makeup work. It looked official. But also, stick a pin on the face rip because that's going to come back when we talk about the tattoo again later. Insight fail on the Scarecrow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Passive perception for the win over the Scarecrow's stealth roll later because they are like, this is not a sneaky Scarecrow. Even though he totally fucking zoops Vince while it's chasing him. They're like, oh shit, they can they can totally hear him coming. Yeah. So I, I thought, uh, I thought. Yeah, that was a crit fail on perception because she was looking right at it. Oh, yeah. And missed it moving. <laughs> it, was, it was with disadvantage, clearly, because she was right. She you know, she was trying to run. No, before that, we yeah. were walking up to the house. She's looking at it, and oh, it turns right. towards I, her. I would say religion or arcana fab, like, hey, moving scarecrow's probably going to come rip your face off in a minute. <laughs> That's not normal. <laughs> Much like flamingo tornadoes. <laughs> Shit's weird, man. Shit's weird. <laughs> <laughs> shit, shit is weird. <laughs> shit is weird, man. So, can you no. can you fail inside on a scarecrow? They certainly did. <laughs> so we cut to a hotel room with a cell phone ringing. Sam answers it, and it's Papa Winchester. Dad's okay, but can't tell him where he is. <laughs> Sam connects that their dad is after the monster that killed their mom, and Papa Winchester confirms that the monster is a demon. 
and he also knows that Sam's girlfriend died. The boys want to help, and Dad says no and tells them to stop trying to find him. Dad gives them some names. Dean grabs the phone, takes down the names, takes the orders, and then they head out. That whole phone call is bullshit. Not much from that. I was just like, uh. I got this scene could have definitely used more tight in shots of the actors' faces. Of Sam. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of fucking tight close-ups on this. Like, Sam, Dean, Dean, Sam, Sam, Dean, Papa Winchester. Back and back and forth, back and forth. <laughs> It's, that scene is just indicative of uh, Sam just being a whiny, angsty boy and Dean just being let the straight follow follow the rules uh, that dad sets to the letter uh, that they are in the beginning of the series. So, yeah, yeah, I have every time I watch, I see Sam pull a Sam. I have yeah. to ask, how old are they again? Yeah. Because like I know Sam was in college, so he could be senior year. He drinks, so he's over 21. But they've got he had fake IDs since sure. he's like 14. So who knows? So is he like 22? That seems what about what right. is his age? Because he acts like a teenager in some of these scenes. He was in law school. Oh, he was. You're right. It was law school. Or he was fixing to go into law school. So at the very least, he was on his fourth year of college. And I think he was getting ready to take entrance exams to get into law school. So he's 21. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that would put him right around 21, 22. Yeah. So that's that's a that's a good call on that one. But yeah, he just he just acts like a baby sometimes, and this is one of those key Sam baby. Well, coming up. Yeah. Sorry, we didn't get to that as far. Well, and I, I will tell you, there, there is some good brotherly. Give me the phone. Give me the phone. Give me the phone. Yeah. Give me the phone. <laughs> is that dad? Is that dad? Give me the phone. If you got kids, that is some definite fucking sibling, good sibling acting there for sure. They could have played it off a little bit better and made it more comical in that regard because it didn't. You're right. That's what it was, but it didn't come across as that. No, it it, it didn't. It didn't. Uh, real quick before I forget, Holly, one of our first victims, played by Lara Gilchrist, who had been in a ton of stuff like everybody else in Supernatural, but specifically had a pretty good stint on Battlestar Galactica and a pretty good run as a voice of the Invisible Woman on one of the terrible Fantastic Four cartoons. Vince, unsurprisingly, played by Christian Schraff. And that's, yes, that's S-C-H-R-A-P-F-F. Fuck you, Christian, for making me go like that. Just There's a reason why you haven't had anything more than bit parts. No, he's, he's just done a ton of bit stuff. And then, of course, Papa Winchester is played by Jeffrey Dean Morgan, known as Negan in Grey's Anatomy, and, of course, being a recurring character on Supernatural, among a ton of other things that he's done. So, mm. I didn't realize he was on Grey's Anatomy until this time. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> he, he did a run on that show? What the fuck? We cut to the car. We find out the names that dad was giving him were missing couples on road trips that never made it, who disappeared during the same time frame and in the same area, and that dad is sending them to check it out. Dean's impressed on dad's hunting skills. Sam pouts and wants to head to Cali to catch dad and the demon. Dean wants to follow orders. Sam wants revenge. We get some bro back and forth before Sam pulls over, grabs a pack, and heads out on foot. Yeah, no, just go with it because Sam, the little boy stomp off was just horrible. So before we go into Sam, like we're all about to do, mm-hmm. I just want to point out that I wrote down Dean investigation for the win, question mark, because normally it's always Sam doing all that part, but Sam was driving, Dean was doing the digging through the books trying to figure shit out. Because Sam is pouting. Yeah, he wasn't figuring shit out. Their dad basically hand, like handed him all the notes. He's like, yeah. Oh. So it's actually Papa Winchester investigation pass for the win. Okay. Because Dean goes, man, this guy's a genius to make these connections across this large of a time frame. Okay. And he's just kind of going out on the orders. Damn it. I tried to, I tried to give Dean a W right there. It didn't work out. All right. No, but you know, on that note though, I do. Okay. And maybe you guys can speak to this because I, you know, again, grew up in Florida, grew up in Texas. 
Who the fuck says Yahtzee instead of bingo? I've heard it. I've heard Yahtzee. Is that a regional thing? Maybe. Yeah, because I tried to look into that a little bit and I was like, nothing's popping up. It's actually, the first time I ever saw that was in Unlimited Spider-Man. Bendis writes Yahtzee a lot in character dialogue and comics. And I was like, what the fuck is he writing Yahtzee for? Clearly you should be saying bingo. It's in a movie. Yahtzee. <laughs> is Yahtzee public domain? I don't know. <laughs> Are they allowed to say Yahtzee? It's a board game. So. And bingo's not? I mean, the- <laughs> bingo yeah. is public yeah. domain. Never yeah. bingo. No, it was just a it was just a weird. I was like, I God, you know, I've it's popped up a couple of times and it just triggered me on this one. Like, what the fuck, man? So of course, everybody together, fucking Sam. Fucking fucking goddamn Sam. God damn. Yeah. <sighs> Fuck Sam. Fucking Sam indeed. Yeah, right here. And I, when I first started watching Supernatural, I used to be like, oh, you know what? Sam's not that bad. He's bad. This, this rewatch is making me really dislike him. Jazz has gone on that emotional journey because at the beginning of this, he was like, man, I don't get why you guys don't like Sam so much. And then he started to do Watch Ahead and was like, yeah, okay, guys. <laughs> yeah, fuck okay, Sam. You're right. Like, yeah. You came back to the table with a hearty fuck Sam because fuck, fucking fuck Sam. Yeah, no, this is a, I think this is the episode that I, I think I, I watched it and this is the one that got me started binging to try like I like this is the one where I was like I don't need sleep anymore I need answers so yeah um <laughs> but yeah this clip right here I was just like Sam's a prick and I'm glad Dean called him on it uh, oh Dean Dean straight up leaves his ass yeah. too like fuck it I'm out of here mm-hmm. I'm leaving I want you to leave me that's what I want <laughs> I was about to say, because I kind of get why Sam's like upset with his dad or whatever, but like the one person you've got on his side, he just like throws a temper tantrum like a fucking toddler yeah. and storms off. Like, yeah, what the fuck yeah. are you doing? And what's, what's, I, you know, maybe this is a release scheduling, but I thought they'd made a little bit of progress on the Sam Dean dad issues. They always do. <laughs> like this, the last Asylum episode really made it feel like they maybe had made some progress on the, your fucking daddy's little soldier shit. Yeah. But no, here we are right back at it. Side, side note question, Turner and Jamie, I know the answer for Harlan and Jazz. Do y'all have siblings? Yes. I got an older half brother. Oh, I know you have. Yeah, you have. Okay. And then I got a younger brother. Jamie? Yeah, I am the oldest of three. I have two younger brothers. Okay, that's what it felt like. I was like, I think y'all are feeling this, like, <laughs> younger brother is an asshole. There's <laughs> 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 definitely some middle child fuck you, youngie, uh, coming from me for sure. Are you and Harlan the youngest children? No, Harlan's the older no, brother. I'm old. I'm old. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, it's, so it's just you who identifies with Sam. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I get where y'all are coming from, but, like, I, it, it doesn't irk me as much as I feel like it's working y'all. Spoken, and I, like, spoken it's like a true baby. Yeah. Like, oh, he's yeah. the baby yeah. in the family. Yeah. 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 You know, <laughs> to me, I, it, it was, with Dean, I understand the respect that he has right. for his father. Yeah. And I have actually seen that disrespect for the father in my younger brother. Yeah. So the was like, oh, so there's something to that. You're like, mm-hmm. come on, man. You, you know what the man's doing. And you're just, this is how you, this how you play him? Well, I do think, you know, I do think, not that I like Sam, because fuck Sam. But <laughs> I do think he does have a point for Dean being daddy's little soldier sure. a little bit. Yeah. Like, he with does, the way that Dean true. snaps. To, like, and, and again, this is good acting by, by Ackles part. Like he very much snaps to kind of military, yes, yes sir. Yep. Like, like yes. taking the orders and kind of going into it. There's definitely some hero worship there that it definitely gets processed through later on the episode. So again, I think Sam has a point. It's just the douchey way that he approaches all this shit yeah. that makes you go, "Fuck this fucking guy." <laughs> Take my ball and I'll leave. <laughs> Wait, 
and then he wait, wait, and then he throws his pain in his face like his pain is less yeah, than other. Yeah. He's like, when hell mom, mom died when you were four. Yeah. Right? Yeah. This happened to me six months ago. Like, mom yeah. died. This is just some girl you met. So you're mom. Like, yeah. yeah, no, you, you yeah. have to run me one after that, bro, bro. Like, <laughs> square up. And I've been spending my whole life doing this thing with dad. You got to understand this relationship is different. And that's what yeah. I think really pisses me off with D, with Sam. Just like he don't understand it. <laughs> I was just, I was getting vibes. That's all. <laughs> yeah, no, they were, they were fucking right on. Man. Inside pass, Anthony, on the older bro motivations for the rest of the podcast. Dean rolls out into uh, small town USA, introduces himself as John Bonham, gets called on it by the diner owner, uh, who still then just rolls with the fact that that's his name. Yeah, at the revival, like, did he? What happened from that? <laughs> he just went, okay, Mister Bonham. I was like, Jesus Christ. So yeah. Local Grox, that, that's the drummer for Led Zeppelin, but then just goes, well, okay, Mr. Bonham. No, I haven't heard anything about those missing folk. <laughs> we cut to Sam walking down the road to hitchhike. Uh, he comes across a girl jamming out, spooks her by tapping her shoulder, and then tries to make small talk before she gets picked up in a creepy van who disses Sam and drives off. I, I have never hitchhiked. Is there some kind of hitchhiker's code that you just, you just when y'all out there, y'all just have, y'all, y'all are bros, y'all just... <laughs> Just stick your thumb out and you're and you're good. That's it. And you're just good. You y'all just have conversation. And he was very touchy feely with someone he didn't know. Like right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but let's let's back up a second. We open this scene with Sam on a big stretch of open Indiana roadway, walking backwards. Right. <laughs> we can see in the distance the direction that he's come from, and there's no car. <laughs> it's quite far off in the distance. Uh-huh. He walks backwards three steps and then turns around, and this girl is sitting in front of him. <laughs> Unless Sam was fucking looking directly up for the last mile and a half, there's no fucking way he wouldn't have seen her on the approach. That's exactly what I thought. I, I was like, what the fuck was she like? Whoa, dude. Like, oh, she was in the ditch using the bathroom. He couldn't see her. He's like, oh, she must have just got out. <laughs> but there's like, there's no brush. There's no nothing. No. It's just like step, step. Oh, mm-hmm. hello, lady. I didn't see just a <laughs> second. Like, it's like, oh, my God. You fucking you got to be kidding me. Where did you come from? Perception check fail. But the on the on the guy, like, ignoring the fake name. Yeah. If you murder two people, you know, like, annually, yeah. um, you may you may not give a shit about a guy <laughs> who comes in and yeah, lies to you. He's <laughs> just like, that's true. whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's true that's enough for later <laughs> because i i put down this is the these are the adventure or dean's solo investigation adventures and then immediately fails his deception check but at the same time if you think about it like yeah that is the name of the drummer but it's not it's not like that's gotta be the only what was it john bonham yeah no or whatever no, no, no. Like, yeah it's, it's still possible that that is his name yeah yeah so probably not the only one he could have just been like okay well you, you're named after yeah the drummer all right whatever keep moving it's not like michael jackson like there's probably a ton of michael jackson's right no it's but- it's not as good as some of the castiel names that come up later in the series <laughs> like those are those are the classic fake names when the people roll with them but yeah right. i really actually saw it as a history check mm. from the guy as mm. opposed to a deception fail yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was a, definitely a good history check from the guy and definitely a pers- well, I don't know so much as a persuasion fail, but maybe even an inside fail on Dean's part because there's like that guy's kind of a dick to him, not super aggressive, but I don't know if Dean is suspicious enough of him yet as he should be. So, oh, uh, the other thing I've got is, man, that is classic shady van. Yeah, right. That, that Meg, <laughs> our female hitchhiker, gets into white, no windows, metal gr- grill on the back. I don't want you. No, <laughs> just a girl. Just her. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> I ain't taking you. That's immediately I would get out if I was here. I'd be like, all right, <laughs> bye. <laughs> uh, nope. <laughs> 
No, I had to make it clear what what my intentions were. <laughs> just her. I had a message to Sam here. I was like, Sam, she trusts the shady van guy. Gigantic red flag. <laughs> Do not engage. <laughs> and yet. Yeah, well, it would it's just fucking Sam. <laughs> so Dean questions general store folk who are shutting him down until the daughter points out that the couple uh, were the ones that were just married uh, and then references the tat. Uh, once again, bringing up Chekhov's fucking tribal. Dean drives on, and then his EMF goes nuts, so he pulls over to investigate the orchard. Dean finds the scarecrow, gives it the eye, insults it, and then spots the guy's tat sewn into the arm. And we cut to commercial with a nice tat. I feel like if they were going um, to try to lie about not recognizing these people, like it would have to be something that she'd be in on. Like It's just too easy for someone to ask, like, did you see these people? They're like, oh, no, I don't know. And then they ask her immediately after. She's like, yeah, he was right fucking here like last week. Remember? Like, and they're like, oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> well, that's what's confusing. There's, so there's a couple of things confusing about this that I didn't realize until later in the episode. One, I totally thought she was in on it. Mm-hmm. And I did too. this was, she was just doing a better, this, hey, this is how you get rid of demon hunters, fuckers. Mm-hmm. You give them a little bit of truth and then move them on down the road. But two, when we find out the lore, it's that this is an annual sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so was that other couple here, like last year's sacrifice? Did they do multiples? Was that like a year ago or? No. That's what's not real clear is the time frame. I don't think. Yes. Like how many do they have to do in a year? Yeah. yeah. We, we do find out that there's a window of time that they have to do a sacrifice, but do they have to do one every night? Like, I, I, that would be a lot if like you were doing seven couples throughout the year, so. Right. But she remembers them like it was yesterday, so it had to have been yesterday. It had to have been last year. And then they have yeah. a new couple right there. But because of what happens later in the episode, that's kind of plot holy, weird, timey-wimey shit that goes, well, wait a minute. Yeah. You know, was this a year ago? And then if so, now we're back into the cycle again. So this is where the Scarecrow is moving so fucking much. Yes. When yes. Dean is talking about it. And it's like, I don't know if the poor actor who did it, like they made, really made him put his arms back around that. He didn't have like a good platform to stand on. He's like, this is getting really tired. And he's like, fucking take the shot, man. Jesus Christ, call scene. Call cut. <laughs> uh, if he's got this machine that detects EMF, why does he never, why does he take it from the road and put it in his pocket to never use it again? He doesn't check the Scarecrow for EMF. Yeah, that's a good point. I didn't even catch that. Yeah. He just goes in his pocket. He never uses it again. I got you, suckers. I was just thinking, like, thank God he didn't have it in the trunk because, like, if not for the fact that he just, like, randomly heard it, like, passed a perception check (laughs) in the backseat of the damn thing, like, he just drove right past that shit. Because it goes off way the fuck off. And that's the other thing, too, is like, but dude, with that, you should at least have a rock salt shotgun in your back fucking pocket if it's hitting that hard. And that should (laughs) let you know right away that something is crazy. I got why the fuck are there random hay bales as set dressing where they've got the apple basket stacked on, you know, as, as somebody who grew up on a ranch or a farm, uh, hay is a commodity and feed. Do they have livestock? We don't see any or more, even more horrific. Do the locals bring their kids here for pictures? Is this like the local pumpkin patch? It's like, Hey, it's the feast of Samhain. Let's go take the kids down to get uh, their picture taken next to the fucking tribal God that we worship. Mm. It says a year ago in the beginning of the episode. Aha. Oh, that's right. You're right. All right. We're, just ignorant then okay Okay. timey-wimey resolved she remembered that dude with the tattoo from a whole year ago like jazz said it was the only one she had ever seen right (laughs) there you go (laughs) is the scarecrow frankenstein together from other people or 
is it just the skin? Is he taking souvenirs? Like, it did if since he peeled the bro's face off, is the bro's face underneath? Like, I'm confused by why the tattoo is like it because it's kind of Frankenstein sewed on. He too thought the tattoo was pretty cool. Yeah, so he just wanted to have. <laughs> that's my. He's like, that's a cool tattoo. Like, that's a pretty cool tattoo. <laughs> that's what guys. He's, he's a body art poser. And he's like, oh, I've never seen a tribal like that before. We don't have those around these parts. That that kind of confused me. I was like, is it just the skin or is it the whole arm? Thoughts? Yeah, I don't know. It was also interesting to me that they put it in the exact same spot on Scarecrow that it was on the dude's body. Right, which would make you think that it's not just the tattoo. It's like the actual arm arm. Right. Because, you know, if uh, why not just sew it like a tramp stamp? <laughs> <laughs> which that would have been a cooler story. Like if the chick had a tramp stamp <laughs> and she was like, nice tattoo. It's like, oh, thank you. No. And then Dean, when he was walking by, he's like, wait a minute. Does that fucking Scarecrow have a tramp stamp? <laughs> it was on his lower back. <laughs> That's really super weird. No, man, you gotta, you gotta, you missed the opportunity to take it and like put it across the mask face of the scarecrow and give him like that Tyson look. Yeah. <laughs> well, that, that'd be too horrifying. That guy's really fucking scary. So Dean rolls back into town, starts chatting up the general store girl, finds out she moved in with her aunt and uncle when her parents died in a car wreck. The other towns in the area have been failing, but this area seems blessed. Dean asks about the scarecrow and then spots a broken SUV and we find out it belongs to another couple. Passing through town. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> How do they manage to get a couple in town every year? Like, at the exact set right time? Like, are they manipulating stuff to make sure people come through there at the right time every year? So... Later on in the episode, they talk about how, or, or it's not too far, but like they talk about what they, they brought their car in to get gas and they're like, oh, they found a problem. And so now they have to get their car repaired. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay. Uh, so, well, right. But you still have to get a couple to come into your town so that way you can break their car during that certain week of the year every year. No, it's it's a it's a thin point, but I do think they try and patch that up. It, like they do explicitly when they're talking about the evidence earlier, talk about how it's this it's all the couples that get disappeared are on a cross country road trip, and this town is right off the interstate apparently because they talk about getting it back on the interstate. So maybe yeah, this is a last gas for fifteen. Like maybe it's just positioned well to like. Mm. So it makes it sound like there is some geographic advantage that routes them there but yeah i mean it's kind of thin they probably got a sign this is like yeah. apples you want them like <laughs> <laughs> we got them <laughs> we got them they got a bucky's yeah. man they got a fucking bucky's that's the um <laughs> free apple pies this week yeah. only yeah yes. <laughs> yeah exactly Whoa, free apple pies. <laughs> that might get me <laughs> harland and jen just died because of the free apple pie thing <laughs> <laughs> problem solved that was it no they're not investigating creepy houses no that <laughs> 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 That's true. They're going to still be stuck on side of the road. <laughs> who, who goes in for gas and gets the full tuna? Fact. Well, they, because they told them something. They were like, oh, but they caught our brake line was leaking. Like they And they're going to fix it for us. They set them up for that. and then They would have had to get me with the apple pie and then just mess with my car while I wasn't looking. <laughs> they do, though. They're feeding the fuck out of those people, though, man. They totally, that's exactly what happens. I, the note I have for, the only note I have for this is Dean's only running about 50% horny Dean here. He knows there's a real problem and there's a little bit of horny Dean, but it's not full on, uh, as we will see in the next episode, ragingly inappropriate horny Dean. <laughs> That's because he, uh, he he doesn't have Sam there to actually do the job. Yeah. Yeah. Which, <laughs> That's which, true. That's true. So, he was more on point. Which is, I have a note about 
Did what does Dean really know how to do his job? Yeah, I don't understand how he ever survived without Sam. They, like when they're not together, neither one of them are effective by themselves. They always get caught. They always, something always happens. The thing that they play up is, well, and the reason why they get caught is because why there's that, that's so that they can fucking rescue each other. But <laughs> yes. I, I think the dynamic they play up is Dean's the better hunter. But as we'll see in a minute in this episode, he's not so fucking great at talking to people and not coming across like a creep. (laughs) And even though (laughs) Sam sounds like Uncle fucking Touchy when he talks to people, he uh, apparently is more likable, Mm -hmm. which is so fucking ironic. (laughs) But um, that's that's the explanation the show will want to give you in just a moment. Dean's Jason Todd and Sam is Tim Drake. Ooh, no, fuck Jason Todd, dude. Jason Todd's horrible. <laughs> Take it or leave it. Which, man, season three of the Titan show on HBO Max goes some real weird fucking places, gang. <laughs> I, I've watched it. I watched it. I was like, um, the fuck? Oh, no. Really, seriously, the fuck? So, cut to Sam in a bus station getting sassed for whining about the schedule. Uh, we get a mirror of the self. Uh, oh, yeah. Earlier when Dean pulled into Small Town USA, there's a moment of contemplation where he had his flip flown out, like whether she should call Sam. We get a mirror of that shot as Sam looks at his clearly nicer cell phone and uh, is about to think about calling Dean when he sees the road lady he met earlier. Uh, she claims to be going his way and introduces herself as Meg. Yeah, he. I have here that the lady tells him that the next flight thing is to Sacramento. He goes, you don't have anything else? You are at a bus station in the middle of nowhere. What are the travel you're going to get? What was him acting so dumb? When he says- <laughs> she goes, yeah, buy a car. I was like, ooh, nice burn, bus lady. Very nice. She's done this before. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the other note I have for this is, please tell Meg that there's some open chairs right behind. Like from the rest of this episode, whenever we see Meg sitting down, She's on the fucking floor for no reason. And I think it's just so that the actress can do like um seductress pose um and be all stretched out. But like there's like a row of empty chairs like right behind her. Like there's no reason for you to be on the fucking floor, Meg, except that you want to do that weird leg kick thing that you do. Uh so back at the diner, Scotty, which is the local dean questioned earlier, is feeding the couple. Dean pops in, orders coffee and food, chats up the couple who, with their broken down car, Scotty's addicted to Dean. The couple is clearly being fattened up and stalled until night. Dean tries to act like he's wants to help by fixing up their car faster and freaks the couple out. Dean makes a comment that they would, they'd like Sam. They, they would listen to him if Sam was here. And then the sheriff shows up and escorts Dean out. And this is just a progressive fail by old Dan. I was like, Dean, don't keep rolling. It doesn't help because he keeps going like. <laughs> He's trying. I, I can fix it faster. You know, these roads aren't safe. <laughs> yeah. Somebody could kill you. And it's like, I don't understand why you're, why aren't you, why are you eating faster? I don't understand why you're not appreciating my warnings of impending doom. <laughs> he gets kicked out of the town for this. <laughs> he does. Like, I yes. didn't know you could just get kicked out of town. Is that something that they can do? Oh, in small towns? Yeah. Running you out of town is definitely something that they will fucking do. The sheriff just ran him right out. Is that a thing? Can you just get run out of town? <laughs> But on that note, we established that this, like, they show you the sheriff giving him an escort out of town, and, be, and we see the Burkittsville three mile sign. And we established this a fake town. So they had to make that Burkittsville three mile sign for this scene. And I was like, wait a minute. What the fuck, really? People can't get kicked out of New York. Is that not a thing? You get kicked out the whole city. Just like, hell yeah. Get out the city. Sheriff says you got you to leave. Get out. <laughs> you gotta go. <laughs> and they just drive you to just three miles out and then you yeah. just stop. Yeah. Don't come back here. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna leave now. <laughs> <laughs> we cut back to the bus stop really quickly. 
Uh, Sam is chatting up Meg, who claims to be running from controlling parents, which, of course, Sam eats that shit up. Eats up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. And, and, okay, speaking of eating shit up, where the fuck did they get the beers and onion rings from at the bus stop? Because that's <laughs> not like we went to the store next door and got beers to drink in the fucking bus stop openly, like a six-pack, not like a, not like something in a paper bag. But that's also like a basket of food. I was like, wait a minute. I'm so confused with what's happening now. I've ridden the bus. I don't remember there being fucking a bar and food. No. Especially at a small bus station like this. You know what I mean? Maybe like in a big bus depot, but- Not those random bus stops. You're not going to find onion rings and beer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what the- f-? Meg keeps onion rings and beer. Well, clearly some enterprising small town person was like, man, there's a bus stop out here where people are going to be waiting forever to leave. I'm going to set up a diner right here. Yeah, the bus station people don't usually have the dollars either. I'm just going to let you know. If they had money, they'd be taking uh, something else other than a bus. I've only taken a bus when I was broke. Maybe the food truck outside. The only food trucks 15 years ago <laughs> were ice cream trucks, Jimmy. I don't know what the <laughs> fuck you're talking about. Food trucks. That's a that's a more recent. You go back 15, uh, 15 years. I can, well, taco trucks and subdivisions for construction, but. Probably not food trucks in Indiana. Yeah, in especially in r- rural yeah. Indiana. <laughs> no, no. It was across the street. They, they, they brought it back. Yeah. <laughs> but that means that place, let them walk out with their basket and bus lady, who clearly has some sass, let them walk in with their six pack, crack it open and start drinking at the table. <laughs> and there's ketchup and napkins yeah. on the table. Like it was good. <laughs> They definitely bought it there somehow. All of a sudden, they're just on bad first date in the bus stop. I'm like, what the fuck is, what? That's and, and completely unnecessary for the scene too. So we cut tonight and we, and yeah, we've also already established that there's no bus coming till tomorrow. So they could have gone across, like, let's shoot this in a bar. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Or uh, a fucking McDonald's or something. Yeah. Uh, we just didn't want to spend the budget on the second location, I guess. So uh, we cut tonight and couple B are out in Scarecrow Town. Dean shows up and tries to save them, shotguns the scarecrow who chases them right on over to the edge of the field. I couldn't tell if like it's just got like a range, like it can't move past a certain point or just... It, That's what like, it felt like. It's like since they got outside of the orchard, yeah. they were safe. I, I do have disengage yeah. written in all caps. Disengage! <laughs> <laughs> no attack of opportunity. Bonus action dash. <laughs> yeah, definitely some bonus action. Mm-hmm. Definitely some cunning action at play. Because... Mm-hmm. Dean's a rogue. Um, I like we just skipped the whole car breakdown. It's like, yep, yeah. they broke down. Here, they, We just like appear yeah. in the woods. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it was because it was just clunk, 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 clunk. Like it was, uh, we thought they just got it so fixed. Not only are they messing with these cars, but they're sabotaging them to break down at the exact same spot yeah. every time. Oh yeah, absolutely. They've been, do- they've been doing this a while. They know what to do. They, they know, they know uh, if I cut the brake line, he's got about 3.76 miles. <laughs> He'll be right where he needs them. Mm-hmm. We know exactly how much brake fluid needs to be in there. This is what they do. They they go in in there and they tinker with the the gas gauge to make it look like it's full, and then they put just enough gas in for them to make it to there, and then they run out of gas right in that area. That would make sense. Fuel gauge, yeah. But you got to know the gas mileage every car. <laughs> wait, 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 wait! No, no. Let's not. Let's not skip over the fact that Turner knows how to do that, and he rolled it out his so quickly as if he's done it before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You want to know how compact a package a human body will be if you break all the bones in it before folding it up? <laughs> know that, too, for no fucking reason. Oh, God. Why do you think our podcast is doing so well? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I will sacrifice to some fucking pagan gods. What are you talking about? How the fuck do you think I got on Conan O'Brien? <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> By my charm? No, sir. Uh, <laughs> so we're back at the bus. Did you guys have anything else for 
second scarecrow encounter. Shotgun did not work. No, and it's and it's. I don't think it's rock solid either because there's like it chunks seem to blow off the scarecrow who is definitely definitely not a spirit. Um, but I didn't think it didn't look like he was rolling in with the rock salt loadout in that particular situation. Which is weird because it, he knew about it from Ghost Meter. Yeah, I agree hundred <laughs> percent. Like, and we established they have two of them. Why not both? <laughs> I don't think we get a two fisted shotgun scene for some time. We cut back to the bus station. Dean talks to Sam about the scarecrow. Dean thinks it's a pagan god due to the cycle of the sacrifices and the couple getting fattened up. Dean's headed to a community college to talk to a professor. The bros make peace, and Dean says Sam was right to do his own thing. Meg asks about the call. He says, I'm proud of you, and that's the key, that's the key term, not I'm proud of you. Yeah. Yeah. And then he goes, what? <laughs> <laughs> what is with Sam's breathy goodbye in this? Where he's like, oh, Dean. Oh. <laughs> like, it's just such a weird shift in tone. I was like, what is happening right now? What are they talking about? This show has never been accused of having homoerotic undertones. I don't know what they mean. What? What? <laughs> goodbye, Dean. I was annoyed with Sam again here because like he got all pissy, stormed off because he wanted to go find his dad and Dean didn't. But then as soon as Dean calls him back and say, yeah, man, I support you and everything you're doing. And I'm proud of you. Like Sam immediately changes his mind like some toddler who just like wanted to like, he's like, I only wanted it because you didn't want me to have it. But now that you're giving it to me, whatever. It's like, it's like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's want to fucking reach through the screen and choke the shadow. That's the Sam hatred right there. Yes. All right. I got to I got to go back and then hit a, a few guest stars here real quick. Or, or background characters because I haven't touched on it. Emily Jorgensen, the nice tattoo guy lady, was in Smallville, Slither, in uh, in the name of the King, the Dungeon Sage movie, mm. and Percy Jackson. Uh, Harley Jorgensen, the dad, has got a, just a huge career. And this was where I went into a little bit of a, oh my God, these are some of the most incredible TV moving sounding names ever, wormhole. Murder in space, bridge <laughs> to silence, <laughs> rocket boy, Hitler's daughter. Four TV movies this man has been in that it's like, okay, mm. wait, what the fuck? X-Files, uh, Poltergeist Legacy, Stargate, Outer Limits, the L word. Oh, I didn't know we was going to get one. What? Well, we got a couple. All dudes, but we got a couple this episode. <laughs> uh, he will reappear in Supernatural back again. Uh, Stacey Jorgensen, the mom, has also been in ton. Uh, Wise Guy, a show I had totally forgotten about. Outer Limits, Blade the Series, Smallville, Human Target. We won't get to the most important guest star until the next scene. Scotty was played by Brent Strait. He's been in a ton. One of two people in this episode who were in Captain Power. A fucking mind-blowing show from the 90s. Oh. Yeah. It, yeah. Was that the one where the you had the toy that shot at the TV? Yeah, that, it was a yeah. weird early interactive <laughs> oh. TV show about oh, I know I know what you're talking about now. It's like a I know exactly. <laughs> like that, like a starship. Yeah, yep. yeah. The, yeah, my friend had it. Yeah. Okay. If you haven't ever checked out Captain Power, I highly recommend that you fucking go down this wormhole. It's a, a show set in a post-apocalyptic wasteland where humanity is besieged by AI robots that digitize them and suck them into the AI scape. Captain Power and his team of rebels power up and go through like a magic uh, a magic girl transformation. Um, so there's that aspect to it. And it's like 90s BTV production, but also it was billed as an interactive show. And there were light sequences where certain flashes of lasers would shoot at the toy that you were playing with and make it explode or eject the guy that was fighting. Yep. And the toys, yep. the toys were legitimately pretty kind of cool. Yeah. Because I've st I've still got the 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 there was that weirded winged bird guy on that that had like this weird tail that came out of the back of his head that made him invincible. 
Anyway, <laughs> that I still have the action figure for. I found a bunch of old action, my, my younger brother's Captain Power action figures. And I was like, fucking A, this show is so bizarre and weird. I love it. Um, he wanted to, Brent Strait uh, was played uh, on that. Not one of the main characters, but definitely on there. The sheriff that walked Dean out was on the Lost World, which was apparently there was a B, Hercules, the, the Legendary Journey style, Arthur Conan Doyle, the Lost World dinosaur series that ran for a big block of years. Oh, I do remember that. I used to watch that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, also another L Word veteran, also a voice on Death Note. Mm. And then Which one? AIBR Aber and Alichi Takahashi. He's in six episodes. Aber Aichi Takahashi, uh, Aber Aiki Takahashi, Akitashi Aichi. You just wanted me to say okay. fucking Japanese mm-hmm. names, man. Fuck you. I did. <laughs> yeah, so uh <laughs> Mythic Warriors, Guardians of the Legend, which was a Greek mythology-based cartoon in the late 90s. Total Recall 2070. Steve and Holly Parker were the second couple. Steve has been in bits, uh, a lot of bit stuff. L Word, Stargate Atlantis will show back up on Supernatural. Ton of other Canadian shows. The bus station clerk was on a ton of stuff, including Forever Night as Officer One, and then on again on Forever Night as Officer Two, <laughs> as well as showing back up on Supernatural and Nancy, the new Nancy Drew show. So real quick, Meg Masters was played by Nikki Avcox. Spoiler is a recurring character on Supernatural, Jeepers Creeper Two, Ed Cold Case, and then her career just hit a wall. And I was like, okay, well let me go see what. Yeah, it turns out she's battling leukemia. So a little bit of a, mm. a down note there, but appears to be doing well with that. And that is no longer acting because of that. So don't hate on Meg as, as the point that I'm getting at here. The uh, the dad that was in that, it was driving me nuts because I had seen him in something recently and I had to like go back and figure out what the hell it was. Apparently he was like one of the dads or, or the older dude in Freddy versus Jason. And that's what I was remembering him from. <laughs> yeah. The, the dad, Tom, Tom Butler has been in a crazy <laughs> amount of stuff. Yeah. Including Hitler's daughter and murder in space. <laughs> so it was other credit louder milk, which I know is kind of a popular series. He's been, on, he's been had a recurring on that for a while. A show called literally, let's see, morning show mysteries, the good doctor, damnation, rogue, Zoo got his career. I'm gonna go back to the start of his career. His career runs all the way back to uh, 1978. Let's see, Littlest Hobo. Um, here we get Murder in Space, Night Heat TV movie. Check it out, TV series, The High Price of Passion TV movie, <laughs> Walking on Air, Ghost of a Chance, also TV, Blades of Courage, all TV movies. Then we get into the cool ones, Bridge of Silence. Uh, Rocket Boy, Hitler's Daughter, which I will have to watch now. Scanners 2, The New Order. I mean, it just goes on and on and on and on and on. I had no idea there was a sequel to Scanners. I did not either. But if there was, this guy certainly was in it. Dead Zone, Human Cargo, Snakes on a Plane. He's Captain Sam McKeon and Snakes on a Plane. There you go. Yeah, painkiller. Yeah, this guy's just been in a ridiculous amount. So we cut to the local college and Dean is asking the motherfucking smoking man from the X-Files about past lore. We learned that Scandinavians settled the area. Dean zeroes in on a picture and the professor references the veneer as gods of protection and prosperity. There's a reference to a sacred tree. Dean wants to burn it down. Dean goes to exit and the sheriff pops in and knocks him out. Turns out the professor's evil. Oh, no. Feels like you should have seen that one coming. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. trust nobody. It's not that far off of the, the beaten path from, from where this place is that he, that maybe he's in on it. So, I don't know. Well, I think a lot of small town uh, community colleges are known for the depth of their mythology <laughs> and historical yeah. fucking religion. Story. I was like, wait a minute. Can we, 
they got out of the way to say community college. They're like, dude, yeah. wait, what? That's a, that's a stretch for a history professor there. But I mean, to be fair, he does get almost everything about the North mythology wrong for this. <laughs> there are not hundreds of Norse gods, nor were the veneer protector gods. The veneer are a wee bit more complicated, and there is quite a bit of debate now as to whether or not they even existed or were just a title for the Aesir, the gods that everybody's familiar with. That just got misinterpreted in translations as they, they look at it. The veneer are more affiliated with fertility and more more kind of home and hearth fertility kind of gods than, than local protectors. So there is an agricultural tie there a little bit. The Vanir are somewhat interpreted as being conquered or being uh, being kind of taken over by the by the Aesir. So I mean, there's there's a whole huge uh, North mythology deep dive we could do there, but that's not the show. More importantly, fucking Smoking Man from X Files. Hey, check that shit out. <laughs> Why do books about occultic things always look like books about occultic things? <laughs> <laughs> Because there was one artist in that fucking, uh, in that time frame. That's why all the, because all the illustrations in this book look suspiciously like the illustrations in the next episode as well. Yes, they definitely do. I'm just saying, they're even bound the same. Like, I could walk into a library, like, man, I'm looking for a cultic shit. Nah, that was, <laughs> <laughs> that's the one I want. It looks like it's made out of skin. They're all the Necromonicon. Yes. Bay, a bound in human flesh, dead giveaway. Look, there's a, there's a, you can tell because there's an ear and a butthole on that one's desk jacket. <laughs> <laughs> nice tattoo. In that, uh, in, the, in the scene with the college professor, I was immediately mad because I was like, dude, like you didn't leave the small town. You could be possibly talking to somebody who's probably in on the shit. Like as, as I remember, I was thinking this while watching the episode and then bam. And so- I was I was really mad and yet at the same time happy because I called it. Yeah, Sheriff straight up shotguns him to the face. Mm-hmm. Like that is like that is a ooh surprise attack. Yeah. Surprise round. Yep. <laughs> one surprise round sneak attack, one shot. One shot. <laughs> he was a monk. And that's when I was just like, come on, Dean. It was a stunning you, strike. You're just getting beat <laughs> all the time. Yeah. Dean definitely has CTE by the end of this this series. Foes are so, <laughs> and what's kind of a cool scene, we, we cut to the townsfolk arguing whether to sacrifice sacrifice Emily out in the rain and then promptly toss her in a cellar with Dean. But while they're having that conversation, the way the dialogue is initially written is to make you think that the, the, the dime store dad is having second thoughts about Dean. But as they get further into the dialogue, they're like, I get it if the dude has to die. Well, why do we have to kill my niece? The crane shot as they pull out of the, the umbrellas kind of all clustered in together. But it also exists just to be a shot because all of these people are fucking in on it. They have their own individual buildings. Like, why are they standing out in the rain to have this conversation? Like, oh, Emily might hear. Oh, it looks better. Exactly. It's staged this way just to be a cool shot. Mm-hmm. Although it is executed well, the logic of why that shot exists is, is a, little bit, a little bit faulty. <laughs> So uh, back in the cellar, Dean is explaining the situation to Emily, who uh, apparently wasn't in on the con. Emily clues Dean in about the first tree. Uh, the locals show up and tie down Dean and Emily. Get a couple of good lines here where she's like, are they going to murder us? He's like, no, sacrifice, I guess, because it sounds classier. I'm like, okay, that's, that, you, that's a well-written line there. The aunt 
is tosses out some major serious Spock utilitarianism bullshit about the good of the many versus the good of the few. Dean talks some shit. Emily asks what the plan is. Dean says he's working on it. <laughs> and we cut to night. She points out that he doesn't have a plan. Dean says, no, totally has still working on that plan, which I guess pretty much includes that Guardians of the Galaxy is officially a supernatural ripoff at this point, right? Like I think we're saying. <laughs> the Dean is Star-Lord. Yeah. <laughs> Dean, is, Dean is Star-Lord. Yeah. Dean was almost Hawkeye, but he passed it up. Did you talk about the Sam scene, Sam and Megathed? Because they close them up in the cellar. Yeah. Then they go to that scene and then they go back to the cellar and that's where the conversation about them killing them. They pop back and forth really quick. Oh yeah, I do have it. Yeah, I got the townsfolk are arguing over whether to sacrifice Emily who promptly tosses her into the cellar with Dean. Cut back to the bus station. Meg says the bus is in, but Sam's going back to Burkittsville because Dean won't answer the phone. And Meg tries to talk Sam out of it. You're absolutely right. There, there's a lot of snap cuts back and forth in, in this one between between those two. I'm really glad you doubled back to that because the one note I had from that scene was that Sam with the Dom Toretto vibes. Family. family. <laughs> <laughs> there is a lot of family that goes on for the first couple of seasons in this. But family, because it's dad. He's family. I've never seen a, seen a single Fast and the Furious movie. I've only seen the first two. Not missing anything. After we get the, still working on that plan, a line from Dean, he asks about the scarecrow, wants to find out if it's moved yet. Emily's freaked out because she hears noises, but it's Sam who stole a car to get there. Dean tells Sam to look out for the scarecrow, and Sam's like, what scarecrow? Because it's gone. <laughs> Sam wants to burn the tree. Dean says, nope, let's come back during the daytime. And the only logical move done by somebody in a horror situation ever, no, 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 let's come back during the day. <laughs> but as they go to leave, they get stopped by the townspeople, but then the scarecrow shows up and it's like, time's up, bitches, and takes anti-utilitarianism and the uncle and then vanishes. I have scarecrows, not ages. He just takes anybody. He didn't care. <laughs> just yeah. Old people, old people get it too. <laughs> <laughs> I will tell you that, shy, that scythe hook through the ankle creeped me out a little bit. I was like, ooh, dragging him away with it i was like that is that just gave me uh gave me goosebumps a little bit even though it's not particularly gory yeah so yeah good good common sense there dino <laughs> uh, good common sense um and now they found a better way to do it right like you take old people yeah <laughs> <laughs> so really if you're talking truly the most utilitarian way of looking at it the older people would have yeah. less to contribute to the overall growth to the society so you would want to sacrifice them first <laughs> Have any of you guys seen the movie uh, Midsommar? I literally was just about to bring that up. <laughs> Atta Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, that, that's how that should have went. I, I'm, I'm glad I forgot that I had a note on that whole her, the utilitarian lady going on with her bullshit because she's full of shit. Because if that was really like they're worried about protecting yeah. the, for the good of the community, she should have been dying. So, <laughs> screw that lady. Uh-huh. Well, it's the way that it's written. It isn't written using true utilitarian framing. It is very much written Spock fucking end of Star Trek. <laughs> to the goods of the many outweigh the needs of the few like lady yeah. you are leaning way too hard into that somebody clearly that was their favorite star trek <laughs> maybe, maybe it also gave them a naturally long life so like mm. you know they, they weren't going mm. to die they were aging slowly yeah gotcha maybe i can see that because it said it prevented disease as well so no cancers yeah. no right. you know all right all right. There were no young people in that town at all. Yeah. Right. That's true. To, to, the, to my Brimley. point. That's true. <laughs> okay. Cocoon okay. town. Cocoon town. <laughs> Wilford Brimley. Also, what kind of phrase is let's shag ass? Because <laughs> that's what Dean says when he starts talking to Sam and old girl about getting out of the orchard before, and then come back to do the shit in the morning. 
He's like, shag ass for the scarecrow goes up. And I'm like, what the fuck? That is a weird, oddly colorful term that I've never heard before. What is that? It's a very 70s turn of phrase. I was going to be, uh, I, I think I've heard my dad say that. <laughs> <laughs> and I could, I could definitely see Dean banding about like late 70s slang and imitation of their dad, like with their dad, their, their dad being his idea of what cool is. Okay. But yeah, it's also just an opportunity for Dean to say, let's shag ass more than anything, I think. But you're right. Much like Yahtzee, weird, weird, weird dialogue choice. All right. We're back at the day. The boys find a tree with a bitchin' tribal, and Emily goes, burn it all down. We cut to the bus stop and see Emily heading to Boston. The bros patch it up even more and then head out. And then we close with Meg back in another creeper van, telling the dude to pull over. She pulls out a bowl from Spirit Halloween store, <laughs> uh, slits the guy's throat, catches his blood, cats the spell. The blood gets all spiky at her. She has a conversation, which we only hear one side of. She addresses the other person on the other end of the bloodline as father. Uh, on the other end of the bloodline uh, as father. You like that? Wow. Ooh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> wow. Hold on, hold on, hold on. There it is. <laughs> also, fuck you, Supernatural, for not letting me see the bitchin' mural on the side of that van before killing that dude. Because I rewound that <laughs> Seen five times trying to be like, what is it? Give me a clear enhance, enhance. <laughs> Seven wolves howling at the moon with a barbarian on the side. <laughs> yeah, there's clearly a figure. I was like, there's a chick on that van, and they will not let me see it. Yeah, and I'm very angry. Maybe that's exactly it. Maybe it was too, too, too yeah. much nudity, yeah. so they couldn't show it on, on network television. <laughs> yeah. Also, let you know uh, what happened to the last bus trip. Uh, Last creeper van guy because she said because oh, yeah. she said she cut yeah. him loose. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and uh, does your silver chalice really need to have the faces of the dam stamped into it? I was like, man, that's that just seems a little extra goth there, uh, there, Meg. <laughs> if I'm the creeper dude and she pulls that out, I'm like, what the fuck is that? I'm I'm out of there. Like it looks like a sacrifice thing. Listen, the dude is picking up uh, hitchhikers for to have his way. He's just uh, yeah. If I'm the creeper dude and she pulls that out, he's like, oh, you won't make my jerking off into that. What are we doing? What's happening? What's happening right now? <laughs> yeah. are you like into bowling? Is bowling a thing? Yeah. 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 I mean, cre- creeper dude's gonna creep. Yeah. yeah. One, one guy, one cup. Is that what we're doing? <laughs> I'm not saying, not saying yes, but I'm not saying no either. I mean, you're way, you're way hotter than I would normally get. You've seen the outside of my van. Oh, oh God. There, there's no follow up to one dude, one cup. You win this round, Anthony. You fucking oh, win. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, God. Don't you dare oh. apologize for that, sir. Oh. Don't you dare. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> on that note, uh, we are going to move on to the homebrew uh, port. Unless you guys have something else, nothing that's going to be nope. worth saying at this point. Yeah, I, I just uh, there may be another cast member or two that I I didn't hit on, but you know what? I, we're gonna we're gonna move on. International titles. Uh, I include these just for me to butcher them. There's the Finnish one where it is uh, Varexplanaten. Oh, Bra- Brazil, which is. Aspentaho. 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 Uh, uh, French, Le Pouvantel. German, Vogelstuka. Italian, Lo Spavata Passeri. 
Polish, Straknan Rubel, Romanian, Spraktora de Siori, and Hungarian. Modern, oh, I, just, I can't. I just, my brain can't even process that one. They're like, there's too many fucking accents over that and too many curvy letters next to each other. I can't, I can't even get it out. All of those translate to Scarecrow, <laughs> believe it or not. The one thing we did not talk about is the terrible Netflix oh, yeah. music uh, replacement for yes. Bad Company. Oh my God. Yes. What the <laughs> so, fuck was that? Thank you for bringing that up. The, the first song you have is Puppet by Cole Pitts, and that's both on the original and the Netflix. The song is Meg is listening to on her iPod while she's waiting for a ride, which, by the way, never see that it's an iPod. I was waiting for a tape deck to come out. But then at the bus station in the original Lodi by Credence Clearwater Revival is playing in the uh, in the Netflix. It's Wait a While by Rob Scheffler. In the fucking original, Bad Company, by Bad Company plays at the end when Meg makes her call, which is a fantastic needle drop. You get push in parentheses ends (laughs) by Autumn's Descent in the Netflix. And it's like, man, this is a real, real fucking fail for that Bad Company one. Yeah. And and I think we will see that come back in the next episode. I think there's a pretty bad music overlap. And it was like, man, why did we go back to that? Because the the orchestral scores that they were doing just worked so much fucking better. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it was a music production, like if they only had the money to get music produced for certain ones and that, you know, they saved it for the one with the mom or if it was just an overall, pro- like a different producer choice or what. But that'd be really interesting to know why they went back and forth on that. Asylum didn't have needle drops. It was all kind of original orchestral stuff. I mean, I have original, but it wasn't. Push parentheses ends by um, dip, dippity ship to ship. <laughs> so, all right, Kanye, we making uh, we making a scarecrow, right? I mean, is that what we're doing? Yeah, yeah. Is there a scarecrow in the current fifth edition? Is is the is the catch? I don't I don't know, but I just want to say that there's got to be some type of ability that allows them to cast fear and or silence for no real reason other than I'm making a way random League of Legends reference. <laughs> You're dumb. All right, so Scarecrow, medium construct, chaotic evil. Uh, it's a challenge rating one monster. Basically, damage vulnerabilities fire, resistance to bludgeoning, piercing, and slashing from non-magical attacks, which checks out. Damage immunities poison. Condition immunities charmed, exhaustion, frightened, paralyzed, poison, unconscious. Dark vision 60 feet, passive perception of 10. Understands the languages of its creator but can't speak. False appearance, while Scarecrow remains motionless, it's indistinguishable from an ordinary inanimate Scarecrow. Multi-attack gives it two claw attacks. Okay, so the claw attack has a frightened effect, and then terrifying glare targets one creature it can see within 30 feet of it. Must make a DC 11 wisdom saving throw or be magically frightened. The frightened target is paralyzed, which is interesting enough. So it's not just a runaway. So, yes, but also kind of dull, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I don't know that this particular scarecrow had a whole lot of fucking else going for it. Um, he had a hook. He had a sickle. He definitely had a small teleport, though. I felt yeah. like because wait, no, is that just because he just appeared behind uh, and and took what's his face away? <laughs> yeah, he he definitely <laughs> hit hit a hit old girl with the uh, or hit old dude with the uh, nothing personal kid. He just, <laughs> Right, sickle through the chest. Is face ripping an ability? The ability to rip faces. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's more like a flesh golem, maybe. Ooh, yes, yeah, what I was thinking. Yeah, I think I think you're right on there. I think he is closer to a flesh golem that is dressed up like a scarecrow. 
Because don't flesh golems have the ability to cast haste on themselves? No, it, it's iron golems, or right? They can do that. Flesh golems, immutable form, lightning absorption, magic resistance, magic weapons, uh, multi-attack slam, berserk. Whenever the golem starts its turn with 40 hit points or less, roll a d6. On a 6, the golem goes berserk, attacks the nearest creature. So basically hulks out. And I think I like flesh golem. Like, it's a flesh golem that's a representation of the god. Yeah. Like, it's not actually the god itself. I was going to say, like, should we try and give, like, a weird... Because I wouldn't make it a god, but I would definitely make it, like, some type of, um... Some type of, like, maybe either nature spirit or maybe a fey creature that is either possessing or controlling this flesh golem thing well i think yeah it just built it It, the the flesh golem has instructions to gather my sacrifice once a year (laughs) yeah i think it i think it's a a basically a flesh golem that that is inhabited by the by the spirit of whatever extra dimensional entity wants the the sacrifices which one of the fucking goddamn golems can cast haste on itself clay golem that's what it is yeah uh, haste, recharge at five or six, plus two bonus to AC, has advantage on dexterity saving throws, and can use its slam attack as a bonus action. All right, so well, let's talk about the things that make this guy distinct. One, he's got that hook, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would say he definitely keeps the fear effect mm-hmm. from the Scarecrow build. Okay. Sure. Fear from Scarecrow build. Um, we want to we want to use a Flesh Golem as the stat block. Which one's got more HP, the Flesh Golem or the Scarecrow? It ain't the fucking Scarecrow. Flesh Golem by far. Yeah, yeah. The Scarecrow is a challenge rating one. The Flesh Golem is a challenge rating five. <laughs> mm. They're they're they are completely different weight classes. Yeah, and this guy is definitely beyond a challenge rating one kind of monster. I just really liked all the damage resistances and immunities uh, for the the Flesh Golem or the Scarecrow or the Scarecrow. Flesh Golem's got a yeah. Flesh Golem got lightning, poisoning, bludgeoning, piercing, and slashing. Okay. I don't think the lightning is appropriate. Because, like, Flesh Golems are, are intended to be Frankenstein's. Frankenstein's? Frankenstein's? Yeah. Fra- uh, you mean the monster? Frankenstein's monster. No, I mean the doctor. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. Well, actually, me with a fucking Frankenstein. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie was right behind me. Don't give me that. I was. <laughs> No, I know. I, I I was setting it up, dude. That was intentional. Good job, fellas. I'm proud of you. Good job. <laughs> I have to come save you now because you're proud of me. Do we want to say haste? I I, I say we, we do a flesh golem. We use that as the platform. I say you drop the lightning immunity, keep the other basics. Not haste, but like maybe bonus action dash. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because he, he wasn't very hard to hit. And haste gets bonuses to AC. Like okay. he, he wasn't. He did not care. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, we're, and we're playing that off as <laughs> damage immunity to mundane weapons yeah, or damage resistance to piercing. Mm. I would almost say immunity to non-magical attacks. Yeah, that sounds about right. Mm-hmm. Especially considering... What- I mean, he, he didn't take any damage yeah. at all. It was just the yeah. burning the tree that killed him, so... Yeah. yeah. That's the other component of this, I think, is you say, hey, kind of similar to with the rules that we've been writing in on the homebrew for the ghosts is... You can't really kill this thing without burning that fucking tree down. Like, if you kill it and reduce it to zero hit points, it collapses Come back. and comes back the next evening if the tree is not burned down. Troll mechanic. Yeah, if yeah, if the tree is alive, you could do that. Or you could even do the, uh, get the troll regeneration effect as long as the tree is still there. Uh, that's exactly what I said. I, I would say do both. My bad. Uh, what about fire? Are we saying it doesn't regenerate if it takes fire damage the previous round? Are we building, are we going full troll regen? Nah. Okay. No. Nah. 
yes and no because it would be it regens unless you hit the tree with fire not the not the golem a lot of the stuff that we've built for this works both ways both as kind of a standard encounter but then also as a puzzle encounter like you put this guy in front of a level one some level ones and go you guys this this fight you can't win you know there's a tree you got to go burn your job is to run away and stall this guy until you find the right tree to burn find the tree or you put it in front of some characters that can nuke it down and keep it nuked down while they you know while they do whatever burn down the entire forest yeah and it can't it can't be with it can't leave a certain radius of the tree yeah yeah tied to its orchard basically or grove all right so on the flesh golem as the basis i argue we drop the lightning resistance um what about the berserk do we keep berserk or no it doesn't really fit for me i don't think it fits i mean it it felt like the thing went berserk when it killed the killed the boomers berserk i think it just felt like it was doing a sacrifice like yeah (laughs) yeah but see here's the thing with the flesh golems berserk the golems creator if within 60 feet of the berserk golem can try and calm it by speaking firmly and persuasively with dc 15 charisma they can calm it down i just it doesn't feel like this thing has like a terrestrial creator and the berserk really just means it attacks whatever's closest to it. It's not like a full on barbarian rage. Right. I don't know. I just, again, that's, that's so tied yeah. to the Frankenstein design. I think it's yeah, yeah. I agree. We can take a version, a version yeah. of fire that gives it disadvantage on attack rolls and ability checks until the end of its next turn. Yay. Nay. Kind of fits, but yeah. again, the fire was for the tree. Yeah. So I don't know. How about a little fire scarecrow? Yeah. And I think the, I think we kind of hinted that fire wouldn't do anything to it. Yeah. When Dean was like, what if we burn it? And Professor seemed to not think that would be useful. Magic resistance, keep advantage on saving throws and other magical spell effects. Yeah, I'm fine with that. Okay. And then the golem's weapons attacks are magical. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Uh, Mm -hmm. Multi-attack, two weapon attacks. Mm -hmm. As listed, it's got got, uh, slam, plus seven to hit, 2d8 plus four, bludgeoning damage from slam. I just say we convert that to slashing or piercing damage for the scythe and keep that stat as is. Mm -hmm. Cool. Then I think we have our scarecrow slash flesh golem. Just a recap. Flesh golem stat blocks, giving them the hook, giving them the fear effect, bonus dash, bonus action. Immunity to non-magical damage, troll regen, and comes back if the tree isn't burnt down, um, and then just converting the slam attack over to the scythe damage. I like it. Cool. Uh, then unless you guys have anything else, that'll wrap up a episode of the Hunter's Party. If you are hearing this, it's because you are a Patreon supporter, and we just want to stop and say thank you for your support of the podcast. It is absolutely appreciated and helps us continue to bring bigger and better content your way every month. Thanks again, and hope you enjoyed the shows. Peace.